Hey, and welcome to the podcast. We're a couple of disabled guys passionate about video games and accessibility. I am your co-host, Ricky, and with me as always is Bill. Yep. And ordinarily I say James right here, but James is absent today, so they don't get to hear that sweet Scottish voice of his his today. And together, we are Wheel Life Problems. Yes. Okay. So, how are you doing, Bill? I'm doing all right. Just trying to, uh, you know, it's always, like we were talking about before the podcast, it's always trying to find that that balance in life. And uh, I don't know if other people can, uh, I'm not trying to go too far off topic, and I want to get into our main topic, but I do want to say that one of the things I kind of have on my mind is uh, just what do you guys do for balance in your life? What do you find, uh, especially for those that are handicapped, what do you find, um, you know, uh, even if this is just like later you tweet at us, I'm just curious what you, how you find balance and what you use as a sort of routine or what is your mechanism for kind of staying on track, you know, because I feel like so many of us, we don't get, you know, we've just fall short on that. And I feel like for me, the real godsend has been using Google calendars. <laughs> um, that really is, uh, makes life a tremendous <laughs> easier but I'm just curious what you guys uh, do for that or what do you do for that Ricky so so when you're saying balance do you mean like what do you what exactly are you trying to balance free time and uh, business time or like what yeah I'm talking in terms of like when if you guys stream or if you do you know a job or if like you know whatever it is that you're trying to do and then maybe you have like a hobby or you have like some other thing such you know like either the stream and the job or like, you know, just, I guess just our general routine between, you know, what you have to do to get up in the morning till, you know, do the things that you need to do versus the things you want to do, all that sort of balance, I guess. Uh, for me, basically when I try and find balance is what I do is just prioritize. Some people will make up, will do to-do list or checklist or something like that. Right. But me, I'll, I, I guess I can kind of half-heartedly do a checklist in my head um, as far as like you know I'm balancing school appointments and everything else and stuff what I do what I do is I prioritize what can I get done right now with the least amount of time and that's right. how I usually do with like homework you know it's like uh, like throughout the week I'm like swamped in homework but uh, I'm pretty big on procrastinating so what I'll do is like what's the easiest homework I can get done right now because if I start with the hardest thing I'll keep procrastinating, <laughs> but if I do the easiest thing right then and there, be like, all right, got that out of the way. What's the next easiest thing I can do? And then I'll do that, and usually that really works for me well. It's like, oh, like, oh shit, well, that didn't take very long at all because, like, yeah. the easy things I know I can do, and they know I can, I can kind of enjoy doing it. It's just like you feel you get that sense of accomplishment after doing something small, and then it kind of builds up to where you get to the big assignment. You're like, all right, well, now I have nothing else but to do this, so I have to do it now right and then right. but basically when it comes down to it, it's just like kick yourself in the ass and just just do it just be like be like stop being like I, I do a lot of talking to myself for a little just be like stop being a bitch and just do it <laughs> stop fucking complaining and just do it no one cares about your stupid excuses you know and i say that to myself and i'm like all right okay fine that makes sense no one gives a shit about my excuses so it's, uh, the only thing people care about are results and so that's why i just you know do it yeah, because no one, yeah. no one cares about your intentions. Everyone cares about the the end result in your action. 
Well, yeah, and I think that's I think that's what really matters is like uh, I remember there was this uh, I don't want, I'm not doing a review of the film, but there was a line in the film that I just saw Doctor Sleep. I don't want to it doesn't give up anything at all. It just was a really good line that kind of pertains to things where it was talking about the fact that you know the guy asked him if he believed in something. He said he said why does it matter what I believe? And then he goes on to say that it's the actions of what you do that people care about it's not about like oh he went to this place i mean i'm not saying religion or whatever it doesn't matter it's it's just like a belief let's just say it's just a belief i'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole that's besides the point the point that i'm focusing on here is the fact that it's the actions that you do that matter i think because like even if it's even if it's just for your benefit even if it's just an action that benefits you People notice those things, or even you'll notice that you're like, hey, I did something, rather than just talked about it, I did something, and I got something accomplished. And I feel like that's a good thing to remember, is that people remember actions, or actions speak louder than words, I guess, is something that you can think of, because you could write down all this shit. You could have this whole long list, but if you don't, if all it is is writing until you've actually done something. Yeah, it's, exactly, and that's all you gotta do. That's, I mean... Yeah, uh, I'd be interested. Yeah, if anyone wants to tweet at us and you know if they're listening, what their balance is. That's uh, actually very interesting. Yeah, I'd like to know that as well. But yeah, that's that's my. I mean, so I mean, you you asked me the question. What do you do to find balance? Um, I personally have found that using a calendar helps. So that way, I have my events out. But in terms of like just prioritizing, I feel like. Um, I'm kind of trying to get back into a rhythm of it because I recently have been very bad about it. Um, but I've noticed that lists help me a lot, but I feel like, and I know I, I basically kind of like shitted on lists there, but I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just saying if you, if you find yourself just writing stuff down, and it's not actually getting done, then maybe that, maybe that's not really the best thing for you. But I found that if I force myself to do the things that I don't want to do, first or the easiest thing like you were saying that that definitely helps for sure because sometimes i'm kind of like you know i wake up i'm tired and i just yeah i'm just trying to get get going and it's just like going to the easier task of maybe making a phone call that has a quick answer to it you know might be the easier thing to do first and then conquer the uh the mountain if you will um lists definitely make me feel like you know like kind of like you know, I'm uh, kind of like in a game, like how, you know, it's like, uh, I guess in Grand Theft Auto, you have a list of things you got to do, right? Well, it's kind of like that in life because, like, you know, you make this list and you feel accomplished when you complete these things. And you're like, hey, this feels pretty good because it felt like I actually accomplished something as opposed to at the end of the day, you look back on your day and you're like, wow, I really did nothing. It, it's it's rewarding. For me, it's that rewarding feeling of getting stuff accomplished that I think helps me, you know, kind of keep everything together, I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel you on that. So a sense of purpose, I guess, or something. Right. All right, well, uh, moving on to our topic of the day. Um, so I found an article, and being that we are both Virginians, and I guess this kind of helps that uh, James is in here because – not saying that it helps, but we all, we wish James were here. But uh, him uh, not being from Virginia, 
this article doesn't impact him as much as it does us. Right, so that's but, why it was such a good thing to kind of do for this show. <laughs> uh, an article published by nextgov.com uh, announced that they're going to that Virginia is to launch an adaptive gaming therapy program in DC and also uh, working with the Veteran Affairs um, will also launch a no wait okay sorry <laughs> with the Veteran Affairs they're launching that uh, therapy program and they also have plans to launch a disability esports uh, as well too so which is kind of in, it's kind of a cool noticing that people you know the importance of therapy while also trying to get some enjoyment out of it and like people are more likely to enjoy therapy if it involves mm-hmm. something more than enjoy instead of just lifting weights or doing something you know counting one two three one again one two three it's like uh, it makes therapy more interactive you know so what did you think of the article um, what I do you think was- I thought it was really good. Um, uh, there was a part that I was trying to look at that I really liked about what they drove home. Um, let's see here. Well, okay, there's a quote. I'll start off while you're looking. There's a quote oh. in there that I, that <laughs> yeah. I really uh, found that was interesting. Is um, They really hit the nail on the head with this. Is one of, and I'm quoting here. One of the things we found is that a sense of belonging or a lack of belonging when soldiers and sailors or airmen come out of the military, they lose that sense of camaraderie. We think that's one of the indicators that if we could fix that, if we can fix that, we can maybe move the needle on suicides. And that was from the Veteran Health Administration talking about um, people coming back from war and stuff like that and uh, needing an outlet and stuff. Yeah, and I think that's important because I think I've talked to I am friends with a lot of soldiers and a lot of veterans that that served and now are streamers and they have found through doing that a sense of camaraderie but the thing is is that if you're able to get these people on a team and do competitive sort of things it kind of like allows them to be able to assimilate back into things because I mean you got to remember when you're in the military you're used to Working a problem together, you know, in a tactical situation, maybe if you were in combat. And I feel like that whole sense of the hierarchy and the working together and the camaraderie of, hey, we need to get together to uh, just like with a sport or anything. I feel like the esports allows for that um, because obviously they can't play football or they can't play any sports that would involve physical, but they can do it with games. And I feel like that's super important for assimilating back into, you know, civilian life, because I don't think it's an easy thing to do, because I've seen, um, I, I've heard and I have seen, you know, I've heard and seen a lot of stories about this where, you know, a lack of hope, a lack of purpose, and I feel like this can give them back that purpose, maybe. Right. And I think it all comes back to kind of what you yeah. said was, you know, uh, working towards a goal, but that sense of camaraderie that you lose afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the quote that I was talking about was they said, a way at least we a way at least we are trying to articulate the, this for ourselves is to say everyone will need help at some point in the terms of assistive technology. So what if we really took that to heart? and of inclusive design and built 
all of our products, whether it's Windows, whether it's Xbox or Office, with that spirit with design ethos, uh, said uh, that was Nadella, Nadella, which I think is the, um, st- st- I can't say this name, Set- Setya. Satya Nadella. Satya Nadella. The, the, is- the, C- the uh, Microsoft CEO. Which... Another thing about him that I think you guys should know is that he has a son that is actually a uh, uh, quadriplegic, right? Quadriplegic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was very interesting because then that means that there's kind of a personal aspect. But what I love about this, and I've seen it, I've seen it just through the way Xbox has been acting, like the way that they have, have been kind of like really supporting this whole idea of like uh, everybody playing and that's something that I drive home is that I don't want people to just think that I'm just talking about when I talk about accessibility for games I don't want them to think that that means that that's inclusive to just I think it's everybody I want to include everybody in that as meaning like everybody should have the ability to play games has always been my thing you know, right. and that's that's the biggest thing that I want people to realize is that I'm not going to just be an advocate for people in wheelchairs. I mean, think about it. People are going to get older at some point too that enjoy games, so they should be able to benefit from this as well. Because think about it, they're probably going to need therapy. Like people need therapy when they get older to uh, stay sharp and stuff. And I feel like it's got all sorts of benefits. I mean, you can benefit veterans. You can benefit. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of people that could benefit from it, and I feel like that's the type of uh, um, I like the word ethos that he uses. I think that's great because I think that kind of drives home the fact that uh, you know, they need right. to make that. You know, it needs to be a bigger thing or part of the design process. You know, right. And the reason we're bringing up Satya Nadella is because uh, the Veteran Affairs mentioned that they. Uh, that uh, they were don Microsoft donated 170 of those um, adaptive controllers to them initially. Yeah. And uh, as well as other gaming equipment to 22 Virginia facilities across the, the nation. Oh yeah. But the point is that uh, Microsoft is getting involved in this, and that's why uh, we're bringing up um, the Microsoft CEO and why he has a personal stake in this as well. But um. Yeah, I mean, we've gone over plast, plast. We've gone over <laughs> in past episodes of like how, you know, we're all big fans of Microsoft doing the whole adaptive controller thing and making it a priority, or not make it priority, but they, you know, throwing it in the in the public's face, like, hey, we have this, you know, and so the fact that they're getting involved with the Veteran Affairs to get some uh, video game disability therapy programs going on in D.C., I think is just, you know. I think it's, it's wonderful. It's excellent that they're yeah that they're making a push for that because I feel like it's uh it's definitely important. I feel like um, I don't know. It seemed like they are pretty. A lot of these guys were pretty excited about the fact that you know they were going to be able to you know maybe do competitive you know um, gaming, and I feel like that's pretty cool that that's a possibility. I, I think. That's the one that kind of like really um, shines brightest for me was the fact that, you know, not only going to use these games for ther- for therapeutic reasons, which, you know, can be fun in its own right, but to get an eSport going out of it, uh, it gives a, kind of like what you said earlier, you know, 
uh, when you put a challenge to something or, you know, you get some competition, it gives you that little sense of purpose. And so that's why I think, like, turning it into an eSport, uh, getting as many disab- disabled people into an eSport, I think, is, like, a fantastic idea because then it gets people more motivated and also realizing, like, you might be doing therapy and not even realizing it, you know? Precisely. Yeah, that's... That's, um, yeah, I just think it's really important that they're pushing these things, and I'm glad that they are. Um, you know, and I'm glad there's programs like this, for sure, that they, you know, are seeing the need for. Right. And all all happening in our local, well, yours and mine, our local backyard, in terms of D.C., Yep. Now, well, like, uh, now, now that we kind of get that out of the way, it kind of made me think so. Like, what games could you work into something being therapeutic? Um, there, there's all, um, there's all kinds of games. Like, I mean, because I feel like with any of the stuff, like, like I know one of the games they were highlighting was like Rocket League, and I know, I know a decent amount of handicap. Or disabled individuals that um, do play um, Rocket League. Um, one Hand Medic being uh, one of them. Um, that guy is really good at the game. Uh, he was actually a, a pro player before he, uh, you know, um, got injured. Um, really? So so he had to relearn the way to play the game, and I thought that, that was so cool because that's just. You know, the it just goes to show the fact that he's still able to be at that level is uh, is incredible for me. Um, I mean, it's semi-pro at this point, but you know what I mean. Like, it's still impressive, nonetheless, that he's able to do that. I mean, there's that. I could also see where Call of Duty stuff, uh, you know, Call of Duty, um, you know, Fortnite, you know, games like that could definitely be beneficial because, I mean... Uh, we could definitely test uh, the reflexes and stuff um, and could definitely benefit them in a therapeutic way as well as, you know, from the therapy of just being able to play the game itself, you know. Yeah. Um, I was thinking if they can work VR into therapy, that like the the benefits that could have of it because I have two examples of reasons why it'll work. Uh, one, like I've been to a therapy clinic where they've had me play Wii Tennis. Which is great, yeah. you know, like for like arm strengthening and stuff. But if you can uh, get something more, um, what was I going on about? That keyboard is very distracting. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is so loud. Yeah, I know. Mechanical keyboards—they're obnoxious. Get rid of yeah. it. <laughs> sorry but about that. I forgot. What I was saying is also for um, stroke patients for VR, I could see it being very helpful because. Um, there's a thing that they'll do um, for stroke patients that lose like a lot of stroke patients you know they'll get paralyzed on either the left or right side of their body right and what they'll do to kind of trick their people's brain is um, they'll put the paralyzed arm inside a mirror box and then use their opposite arm to kind of move it around and they'll trick their brain into thinking that they're actually moving the other arm and they've seen some kind of success with that so being able to integrate like VR or something like that would with someone like a stroke patient or something like that, I could see their that being integrated into a therapy program and 
hopefully, you know, have like some sort of success in it and well, see, see, the other thing that I've always sort of wondered is, I mean, it isn't always just the injuries aren't, the injury isn't to nerves isn't always going to be like, um, you know, where it's necessarily just the loss of feeling, but it could be where the damage is so much where if the impulse that the brain wants to fire for it to move has now been destroyed beyond just you not being able to feel things I guess and I guess it depends like I mean for some people isn't it I guess I guess the nerve damage could be more of like loss of feeling than it actually is damage in terms of like impulses to the you know to the limb to like you know you tell it to like yeah your mind's supposed to basically be like if you're walking like my mind won't my mind can't do it because my muscles just won't do it it's kind of like the opposite problem it's like my muscles won't respond to the stimuli my brain is giving um it's not a lack of feeling it's a completely different thing that got destroyed it's a muscle not the nerve you know Right, and that's just always. I always forget that. Uh, well, it's not that I forget that. I just am always curious about how how much of it has to do with the fact of just not being able to feel something versus like it actually being damaged. Because I'm not sure if there's like, I guess that varies on person to person. I guess. I mean, I don't really know all that much about like nerve damage like that. Yeah, and I'm. I'm not sure if I'm entirely digesting what you're saying. Like I'm trying to kind of have a hard time trying to. Well, like you know how you know how when you have that feeling where it's like you can't. Well, it's the lack of feeling, obviously, where you have numb. Something's numb and you can't get it back. Like I've I felt it on a smaller scale than someone that like might have a spinal injury, obviously. But I'm just trying to figure out like I guess what my question is. And what I've always been confused about is it's not just about not being able to feel the limb. It's beyond that. It's like it's been damaged, right? I mean, is that is or or like is it? It's not just because you don't feel it is the problem. It's like damaged in terms of like the brain won't actually can't tell that part of your body to do what it needs to do. I guess. In terms okay, of, I think I'm trying to. But you're referring to like a spinal cord injury is what you're referring to right now. Right, right, right. right. And I'm just wondering. Okay. I'm just asking you if that's correct okay. or if I'm confused here. <laughs> uh, no, you're you're confused. Yeah, it's not necessarily like the uh, the nerves that are damaged. So the reason why, um, so connected to your hind brain is the spinal cord. Um, so basically. Your brain sends the message the neurons fire from every, from the synapses and go through. And then right. it's going to go through your spinal cord, which is like your main electrical circuit, right? Yeah, and yeah. the reason why nothing is going through is because of um, when I broke my neck, basically scar tissue healed back up right there. And the scar tissue keeps the electrical signals from reaching where it needs to go. So basically the nerves around like my muscles on my legs or anything are not damaged. And that's why like they have like therapy equipments where like you can put electrodes on it. And then get right. the muscles to fire and stuff. So basically, it's just an interrupted signal, but nothing is really damaged other than just like the spinal cord itself. Okay, if because clear, if that clarifies things, so like, like it's possible for people with spinal cord injuries if you can bypass that scar tissue, which they've had like uh, trials done in like Australia or something. Well, they'll they'll put an electrode on the outside of it, and they'll ha they've had some success with like people be able to gain like 
um, bowel and bladder control again or some um, small movements in their legs or hands and things. But, um, yeah, as far as damage, no, like the muscles themselves or the nerves around the muscles aren't damaged. It's, it's all, all, all an interruption is re- really what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, but when the injury happens, obviously scar tissue hap- happens as a result of the injury and then the healing process. Yeah. But I'm wondering, like, I mean, when it first happens, obviously, I guess the reason why, well, it's because, okay, in a perfect world, if it healed the way that it was supposed to and there was no interruption, then, you know, there's no there's no issue. But if if it doesn't do that because of how it was broken or whatever, um, I guess that that interruption gets, you know, because, I mean, you still, like, when it happens, like, it, you still are... I mean, you can't, you're not getting back up from it, clearly, because the injury happened, but then it's like, I guess because of the healing process, it causes that interruption to be created as a result of the scar tissue. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's that initial break, you know, the spinal cord gets damaged and stuff, right. so that's the initial interruption, but as it heals, the scar tissue builds up and builds up and then prevents it from healing anymore. And prevents yeah. any more signal getting across that gap there. Yeah, so the scar, um, well, another thing that I'm wondering is, can even if the scar tissue is gone, is there some people that would still have an issue with there being an interruption from the injury itself, too? Like, I'm wondering if that's part of the, part of the issue, too. Uh, in an ideal situation, I don't think so, no. If, like, their scar tissue weren't a problem, Unless the spinal cord were completely yeah. severed, you know, it would like let's let's say it would bruise instead of like you know, if it if it bruised, you'd have like that interruption for a little while. Then after it healed, everything should yeah. resume as normal. The only thing you'd have to deal with is like atrophy and such and such, and yeah. bone density lost, and that's the only thing you'd really have to deal with. But like as far as nerves firing, everything should be back to normal if, it, if if we were in an ideal world but right right because i mean there's some people that um that you know have broken their neck and maybe they got lucky because for whatever reason but i feel like it's one of those things that i've seen more times where there's i don't know anybody who has broken their neck that has come back from it but that's just because i don't know a lot of people that have broken their neck but <laughs> uh yeah i've i've met a couple people yeah they've uh People, a lot of the healing happens within the first couple months of injury. Okay. that's when your body is like, you know, at its most like healing process. Right. But there's people that will get, uh, as for me, for instance, like uh, for my, after I was injured, after for my first seven to eight months, I had no use of my right arm until that finally started coming back. And then like five years later, I started having like use of my left wrist back because I guess, you know, something in there is healing and stuff. But uh, I've met about like two people. Two or three people in the hospital that within like three months they're up and walking again with a little bit of problem, you know. But like after a while they're back at like one hundred percent. Yeah, but I think it's one of those things that it's just, you know, it's situational. Situational, obviously. And the only reason why I'm talking about this, guys, is because I feel like we haven't really actually. I don't know. I feel like it's a question that I'm. I was curious about that. I thought maybe other people kind of were curious about because I don't know. Why not? It's what we're, you know, I just think it's interesting to know these things because, you know, I want to know how that shit works. It's just like, with me, the crazy thing is is the muscles. Like, you know, it's just like a lack of 
I mean, imagine if you're trying to put, it's like trying to put weight on something and there's just, you know, you just, there's no movement. You can push all you want, but there's just nothing, nothing. It's a, it's a really weird feeling. Right. And that's what I think is great about like the video game therapy programs is, you know, it can yeah. help push people past these things and, you know, hopefully make, reconnect some circuits and stuff and make it more enjoyable instead of being like a, it's more of like, I want to do this as opposed to, I have to do this, you know? Right, right. And I feel like that's kind of the big thing with a lot of therapy is that just like, you know, I mean, there's things that I could be doing more of. Like, for instance, I have a standing device that I probably should be getting in more. Um, there's a lot of things I should be doing more, you know, physical therapy more, you know, a lot of these things. But there's also something that, you know, people want to live their lives and don't want to be tied down to just always focusing on like um, therapy. So it's nice to have something that gives you a little bit of a break from, you know, maybe it doesn't feel as much like therapy, but more as something fun to do, you know? Right. <laughs> and that's hard when things aren't, you know, when things aren't fun and they're difficult, that sometimes can, can you know, be a challenge to get people to um, motivate it. But maybe this would be a good motivator to be like, hey, you know, this is the benefit I get from this. And then next thing you know, maybe they're pushing to do other types of therapy that they were kind of reluctant to do in the first place. So I feel like it kind of all could be full circle, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, game. like I said, it makes things more fun when you had throw a game in there. Of course. I mean, of course, that makes, you know. <laughs> and just the fact that Microsoft is like one of the companies that's trying to like, you know, make some headway in this, you know, like yeah. I... You know, they're not just like some kind of like third party indie developer who's like, yeah, we want to integrate, you know, games and therapy. It's like, you know, Microsoft's one of the, like the top tier companies out there where you're like, oh, well, they actually have the ability to make some kind of difference if they really want to. And that's what I think is really great about it. Oh, I agree. I agree 100 percent that it's just. Uh... Yeah, it's, yep. it's a good thing. Oh, yeah. So if anyone has any opinions on this or, you know, wants to let us know what they think, which is exactly what I just said twice, <laughs> tweet, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, tweet at us, you know, problems wheel. Oh. Yeah. On that on that note, do you have anything you want to wrap things up with? Any last final statements on this? We can, we'll link the article below in the description below. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how we do that. James works that that magic, or I think Ricky and James work that magic. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, no, I think it was a you know, I think this was a you know good topic. Uh, certainly, I hope to see uh, more programs like this popping up around the country, and well, for that matter, around in other countries, not just ours. Right. It'd be good to, uh, to, you know, I think it's important to take care of those that uh, that served us. I mean, I think that's important, but I think it's also important to make sure everybody has access to uh, to games and also the therapeutic benefits of them as well. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, anyways. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for tuning into another pro... Another, another episode of Wheel Life Problems. <laughs> another problem. <laughs>
subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. Also, don't forget to review us. That will help us out a little bit, too. Um, you can tweet at us. We are at Problems Wheel. You can find me on the social medias. I am at The Rickles. And you can find Bill at Wheelchair Gamer. Of course, everyone knows with the three and the E over there before the R on the end. Yeah, of course, I know. made that way more confusing. And you can tweet at James at James Kyle. And yeah. thanks, everyone. And remember to keep it wheel. And hit that follow button on Twitch. <laughs> Peace. <All right. laughs>